Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm L.O.G. I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. I'm Rosie. This is Martina Navratilova. This is Mark Forbes. I'm Andy Murray. You're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport from the Putney Exchange with myself, Catherine Whitaker, and alongside me, David Law, for the very first time in 2018 and for the first time, David, since we successfully backed our daily Grand Slam podcasts for the year of 2018. In fact, I say we successfully backed you lot that are listening successfully backed us to produce our weekly podcast and Grand Slam daily podcast throughout this year. And the only problem now, David, is that we've we've got to do that. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a problem, is it? It's, it's fun. First of all, Happy New Year, Catherine. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year and a special Happy New Year to our two executive producers. All of our backers are special to us and you can still back us and we encourage you to do so all of our backers are special but there are a couple that we have to mention now that are particularly special they are our executive producers one of them is melanie bowes who made us look bad all of last year well actually not all of last year she made us look bad at the end of last year by winning the predictions competition and she had a very late surge in that which is giving me it's giving me confidence that all is not lost it can be going badly 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 i can bring it around at the end of the year Uh, and also mr triple s who is choosing to remain anonymous, which I very much respect. So we have given him slash her the um, auspicious nickname of Triple S. So many thanks to both of you. You do realise where that came from, don't you? It's got David Law's mucky fingerprints all over it. I sure have, because back when I was, ooh, about 42 rather than 44, I used to be into WWE wrestling. Can you imagine David Law watching WWE? Oh, it's fantastic. And there was a, a, there's a wrestler called Triple H. So we've now got our own Triple S. Melanie Bowes and Triple S. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there are executive producers for... 2018 we have so many backers more than 400 backers yeah um and there are well i mean you can still back us to any level you like if we're sitting here for some reason without coffee or cake both of us have got tea sat in front of us but you can uh, you can buy yeah we're having a a minor momentary health kick in january Uh, you can buy us coffee and cake you can still enter our predictions competition yeah we've got there's, there's a good 16 18 people now entered 
and yeah. uh, Gloria Waits, whoever manages to walk away with <laughs> it. Waits Melanie Bowes came to our Christmas do and uh, and actually got presented with her her award winning plaque to she to did signify with lovely time. Victory. Lovely time, yeah. And uh, she's obviously not put off by that experience because she's. So if you win, again. you'll be coming. As has Wayne Ferreira. I don't know what will happen re the Christmas do if Wayne Ferreira wins because I happen to know he lives in San Francisco. Well, everything is just put aside for that particular night. No matter where you are, you Wayne, can fly Wayne in. Wayne Ferreira is the reason we're not offering an all-expenses-paid trip to our <laughs> to our Christmas do. Yeah, we'll uh, buy the December drinks though. Twenty eighteen, and just one final special mention to another entrant. Uh, into our predictions competition again they are all special i hasten to add that but i just want to especially mention rod who's entered our competition he got in touch with us um to tell us a, a harrowing story frankly um about the loss of his uh, best friend and dog Bo, recently uh, down in australia and he is entering the predictions competition in honor of Bo. so our thoughts go out to rod very much so i mean it really was um a truly harrowing email and our thoughts are with you and it's a it's a wonderful and touching thing to do to enter in Bo's honour so thank you very much for thinking of us in yeah. the tribute you want to pay um, to lovely Bo now we must move on to matters tennis David because tennis is happening again and we are the tennis podcast it's been a full two weeks since we last recorded a podcast yeah a full eight days since we last released a podcast yes <laughs> and yet lots has happened lots and lots of tennis is happening again and i've decided it's my favorite time of year because it is the time of year when you start seeing pictures of tennis players with australian animals <laughs> You do. Well, they've had their Maldives holidays and they've all made us jealous with how they look on their beaches. And uh, they've then gone through their pre-season photos and stuck all of those all over Instagram and basically done that while we've been eating our massive supply of coffee I'll tell you what, though. David Goffin on a Maldives beach was nothing compared to David Goffin alongside a wombat. If you haven't seen that photo get on it immediately it is extraordinary as is roger federer taking a selfie with a quokka a what have you seen that no i think What's it's one of those quokka it's a little sort of cute rodenty type possumy ferrety thing haven't these people got tennis to play or something? <laughs> I mean, what, what are they doing hello to charlie's mum speaking of ferrets oh yeah well Char- <laughs> charlie the ferret can come on the podcast anytime he likes he certainly can he mascot. certainly can i've decided ferrets are up to number three in my list of favorite animals behind dog one wombat two ferret three magic the cat 64 no, no. Uh, well cats in at four but i don't know pandas are nice right okay i mean Should we cork- talk about tennis now Corkers are quite nice yeah and uh, I think we, we, uh, we, uh, you don't want me to go through all the no, you're animals. Right. We'll I've leave seen. it there, shall we? <laughs> all right. My whole agenda was just tennis players with Australian animals. You don't you don't want to see no. that? No. Well, we'll do a special on that and just release it for you. Okay. Well, I'll get one last well, one. Okay, one player we won't be seeing, David, alongside an Australian animal. We don't think is Mr. Andy Murray because we woke up this morning to um, a pretty moving statement from Andy Murray about his participation in the Brisbane tournament which we now won't now know won't be happening he of course played a one set exhibition match in Abu Dhabi uh, a few days ago against Roberto Bautista Agut he lost that six games to two we had no idea how much to read into it and yet we did read loads into it and it looks David like what we read into it is sadly 
pretty accurate. Well, I have to say, I thought he looked better at the time, certainly as that, that one-set exhibition wore on, than, than May, certainly you did at the start of it. But there's still a huge difference between playing the charity match he played against Roger Federer in November and the one-set exhibition that he played against Roberto Bautista. There is a huge difference between those two things and coming out and playing a best-of-three sets ATP match, let alone a best-of-five set uh, Australian Open match. Now... We should also, first of all, say that uh, as we talk, he has not pulled out of the Australian Open. He, I think, is, is just so desperate to play again that, that he will leave it as long as he can, or at least and as long as realistically he thinks he might still be able to turn this around. But as you say, this morning he withdrew from the Brisbane event and he put out probably about half an hour afterwards. And bear in mind there's a, there's a big, strong support of of British media that have flown out there in the last couple of days to, to, to cover Andy Murray's comeback in Brisbane ahead of the Australian Open. And most of us have been guessing, frankly, as to, to the actual state of his hip and the state of his mind. Because, understandably for me at least, he's wanted to keep it to himself. And I, and I, I can understand that. Not everybody feels the same about these things. But as we've seen in the past from Murray... When he does let you know how he feels, he really lets you know how he feels. Listen to this. Murray put this out and said, I've obviously been going through a really difficult period with my hip for a long time and have sought counsel from a number of hip specialists. Having been recommended to treat my hip conservatively since the US Open, I have done everything asked of me from a rehab perspective and worked extremely hard to get back on the court competing. Having played practice sets here in Brisbane with some top players, unfortunately, this hasn't worked out yet to get me to the level that I would like, so I have to, I have to reassess my options. Obviously, continuing rehab is one option and giving my hip more time to recover. Surgery is also an option, but the chances of a successful outcome are not as high as I would like, which has made this my secondary option and my hope has been to avoid that. However... This is something I may have to consider, but let's hope not. I choose this picture. Now, we should say here, he chose a picture to accompany these words of himself in what looked like a Dublin school picture from when he was a, a, a little lad, really. He can't have been more than eight or nine from the picture it's he posted. It's a super cute picture. Yeah, and it, it's... A little grin on his face. It, it's yeah. heartwarming and... And heartbreaking well, context, at the same time because you look yeah. at it alongside the words that he's saying here and he says, I chose this picture as the little kid inside me just wants to play tennis and compete. I genuinely miss it so much and I would give anything to be back out there. I didn't realise until these last few m months just how much I love this game. Every time I wake up from sleeping or napping, I hope that it's better and it's quite demoralising when you get on the court and it's not at the level you need it to be to compete at this level. In the short term, I'm going to be staying in Australia for the next couple of days to see if my hip settles down a bit, and we'll decide by the weekend whether to stay out here or fly home to assess what I do next. Sorry for the long post, but I wanted to keep everyone in the loop and get this off my chest, as it's really hurting inside. Hope to see you back on the court soon. Oh, I've got something in my eye, David. <laughs> it's it really does get you doesn't it because yeah. that's Andy Murray right there that is how he really feels I, I, there's no filter 
on that at all. He's just let it all out in one big splurge. And yeah, I, I think there is something about it because we know that, or more to the point, because we don't know the severity and the, and the future, the diagnosis, the, the prognosis for the future. We don't know where this is going to end up. So you, you end up feeling nostalgic. And that's, I think, what he's thinking. You just, know, you take this for granted. Just a minor update on that. Russell Fuller, the BBC's tennis correspondent, is reporting on the BBC Sport website this morning that he has it on good authority from what he believes to be reliable sources that the specific injury is a labral tear or labral tear in his hip. And I don't think Russell would report that if he were not you know, close to 100% confident that that is the case because he's been very reticent so far. And actually, even in that post, he doesn't actually name the, interview, the, uh, the injury. And he says, uh, and I've just done uh, warning, medical corner with Catherine Whitaker coming up now. Uh, and this is from a, uh, a uh, internet diagnosis uh, website. A labral tear involves the ring of cartilage that follows the outside rim of the socket of your hip joint. In addition to cushioning the hip joint, the labrum acts like a rubber seal or gasket to help hold the ball at the top of your thigh, thigh bone securely within your hip socket. So that sounds to me like, and again, I am extending my uh, knowledge of physiology way beyond I, what I have any right to do. It sounds to me like the symptoms in terms of you know what you experience is akin to arthritis you know where it's sort of joint it's bone on bone joint on joint if the if the cushioning is torn you've got some pretty extreme pain going on then he was even though his movement definitely improved throughout the course of that set against Batista Agut his limp was stark wasn't it it was really really stark so I don't know there's there's few reasons to be cheerful the only thing that made me smile in that statement was his reference to uh, napping and he said whenever I wake up from sleeping or napping he's obviously doing enough napping there's a difference he's obviously doing enough napping uh, that it warranted a mention which I'm I'm pleased for him because he needs to snatch positives wherever he can yeah it's We've spent time working on the Champions Tour. We've spent time in the company of retired tennis players a lot over the last 20 years. And everybody experiences retirement differently, and, or, or at least the autumn of the career, or the realisation that eventually it's going to have to come to an end. And for a long time, I think, players strut around feeling pretty invincible because why, why would they not feel that I, even though the, the the logic tells them yeah it has to end one day when they're feeling good why would they ever even countenance that thought a year ago Andy Murray was the world number one two years ago Andy Murray played against Novak Djokovic in the final of the Australian Open we're going to go on to talk about Novak who himself is, is almost going through the same thing. Well, yesterday, Eurosport were replaying, yesterday morning, Eurosport were replaying the Doha final of less than a year ago, with 51 weeks ago, of Andy Murray against Novak Djokovic. And I remember watching that. It was a thrilling final. Djokovic, remember, had saved match points against Vidasco in the semi-final. It just felt so inevitable that those two would then go on to play the Australian Open final against one another and would play in major finals over and over and over again with sort of metronomic monotony throughout the year and beyond. And that, that, that is a child expressing some severe distaste for what I'm about to say, which is that how wrong we were to all 
think that and how some things that seem inevitable just completely aren't. They can feel it, they can seem it, um, but they just aren't. Goodness me, this child is not happy well, about Andrew Murray's absence. The word is just spreading around the Putney <laughs> Exchange as we speak as to what we've just read out. I think. He's just realised it's not Christmas anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah, Novak Djokovic, we've mentioned him. He uh, announced his news that he was, first of all, withdrawing from Abu Dhabi, and that was what actually gave rise to Murray playing his exhibition set in Abu Dhabi. That wasn't um, planned. And then subsequently withdrew from Doha with pain. And that in, was more of a shock, actually, yeah, than this, wasn't it? For me, it, really? more of a shock, because by massive contrast to Murray, who, as you said, up until this morning, had been so quiet, there was a complete vacuum of information surrounding Andy Murray. And as you said, all of the British journalists were sort of trying to second guess whether it was worth booking their flights over to Brisbane. And, and in the absence of any indication to the contrary, they all did. But with Djokovic, he'd been really talking it up. I read a couple of interviews with him uh, in the lead-up to Abu Dhabi where he was, he was asked the question whether he... Um, fancied playing uh, tennis uh, to the age of his now coach, Radek Stepanek, who played to the age of, I think he was 39 when he retired. And he said, yes, I'd like to play longer. And so I'm thinking, well, he must be feeling ship-shape. If you're talking about <laughs> playing tennis for the next decade, you've got to be feeling good. So I was completely taken aback by his news. I, I think it's as worrying as Andy Murray's news because it is the same injury which has kept him out for the last six months and to still be experiencing pain that's acute enough to prevent you from playing, it, it, you know, if six months on the sidelines isn't enough to, to get you where you need to be, then it's hard to think that a year or 18 months or two years, you know, where does it end? Well, it, we're now probably at the stage with both of them where... Unless, unless something happens and something clicks that hasn't clicked to date in those six months, they probably are going to be looking at surgery, one or both of them. But I, Djokovic has hinted that he's already had surgery. He hasn't confirmed it, but he's hinted. He said something about, I had gone through, I had gone through my whole career. In that same interview, uh, he said, I had gone through my whole career without surgery and I maybe took my fitness for granted. Now, that is not explicit confirmation of surgery, but he, 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 he definitely hinted at it. I, I hadn't taken that from it, personally. Um, maybe, maybe he had. Um, but in any case, the, the fact of the matter is that it, it looks unlikely that either one of these two players are ready to go for the Australian Open, which is a terrible shame for the event, terrible shame for tennis, terrible shame for them. Just really, and I think sometimes we can. It'd be very easy, I think, for people that maybe don't follow this that closely or, or whatever, to, to look at these guys and think, well, hold on a minute. Novak Djokovic's career earnings are $100 million. Andy Murray's got more money than he'll ever need to spend. It's irrelevant to them in this particular moment. I know that it's, it's great that they never have to worry about money again. It's great touch wood that their families are in good health those are the really important things in life but in a, in a we in all a care about things beyond those you know yeah that, but in, in a little microcosm this is everything to them because this is all they've ever known as in terms of dreams and ambitions and hopes and day-to-day -day routine and and defining their own existence they are tennis players this is what they do and, and, they're, and they're now having to get used to not doing it at the moment. Now, the hope is they're not retired. 
let's hope then they've got a good few years left in them. But this is the first time that either one of them will probably properly have thought that, crikey, this is what it's like not to be a tennis player. And it can't, it can't feel too good, I think. We've also got Rafael Nadal, who's pulled out of Brisbane with fitness concerns. We've got Stan Wawrinka pulled out of Abu Dhabi with fitness concerns. Kei Nishikori pulled out of Brisbane with fitness concerns. Poor God, old Craig Tiley's uh, confident words Come a few on, weeks Craig. ago are Get... looking a little bit ropey, aren't we they? We need a bit of a boost here. <laughs> Come it's not good, something. is it? It's not well, good. It's, it's worrying. I, I think when we, when we spoke um, a month ago, we talked about how there's no way that all of the optimistic murmurs that we're hearing are going to end up being th- um, borne out. We thought but, some of them might, though. But still, this is... Yeah, uh, let, let, let's wait and see. But the, and, I, and I still think one or two of these players might play. Um, I have no idea which one. It's starting to look, David, like Craig Tiley's best bet might be Serena Williams. Boy, does he need Serena Williams to play the Australian Open now. You'd have to, after, after his big words, I know he's a very good tournament director, very good PR guy. He will recover from the, from whatever, um, what, what will be the word, from, from the egg on the face that will occur if none of these players play. But it will certainly be better for him. Yeah, obviously it will. Serena plays. But, you know, this stuff can happen. Players can pull out. Yeah. Exactly. He knew that when he said, I know they're all playing, though, he is what I'm say saying. Oh, he said, I am very confident. Yes, he said, I, I, he said I've been in I touch with I believe they're all playing. Yeah, he, he said they're all entered, which yeah. is what they are, and I hear from them regularly, and I believe they'll play. That That is what he felt, I think, or said. And um, okay. Well, I was trying to get you on, David, to speculation about whether Serena Williams will play, because we have now seen Serena Williams it's a good one, in that, isn't post... It? pregnancy post-birth action in Abu Dhabi, taking on Yelena Ostapenko. She lost the match in a third set match tiebreak, 10 points to 5, I think it was. It was a bizarre, thrilling, um, couldn't take your eyes off it, um, hour and a half of tennis. Yelena Ostapenko seemed to enjoy it as much as anybody. Couldn't take the grin from her face. Serena Williams gave very little away. Um, about her Australia plans, other than that she intends to consult with her team. She said, I don't know if I'm ready yet, which, which basically just kept us hanging. And I, I, I was, first of all, very surprised that she played that match, especially if she still isn't confirming or denying whether she's going to play at this stage. I, I definitely think she could play. I, I, I think she could play the event and be a contender. She could win it, I, I reckon, you think um, she could win where it? she is right my now. Only, my only worry, I know a lot of people are focusing on her movement. I wasn't too concerned about that because it really improved throughout the course of the match. And I, I think she could, you know, two weeks is quite a long time uh, in, in this context I think she could probably get to somewhere close to where she needs to be movement wise my bigger concern for her was on the serve now it could have been that she was holding back but traditionally and we have heard the the very few other players that have come back post-pregnancy can classes is one talk about the core muscles being the ones that are, are slowest to recover and the core muscles are the ones that are most involved with the service 
motions. So that that was the big major point of concern for me from watching her in that exhibition. But it could very well have been that she was just holding back. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised that she she would look a little rusty. Maybe that she would. Yeah, she's easing her way back in. This was a little loosener, a little tester to find out where her form is and where her fitness is. I think she will still be extremely tempted to play. She may already know she's playing. She may already know she's not playing. It's just so up in the air. The, 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 the reason that I would have the most doubt as to whether she's going to play is the fact that Chris Clary thinks it's more likely that she won't play. And he, from the New York Times, is not somebody who speculates idly. He's usually got, A, a heck of a good reading on things. B, he's usually got some sort of source that has made him feel that way and so for but then him, he, it, it, that might have been true at the time that that he said it absolutely but it does seem to be a shifting table doesn't it it's a shifting landscape with her well it's a shifting so, landscape though with all of these players yeah. isn't it and yeah i i think there's a there is an emotional thing here because um murray probably and Djokovic probably aren't going to be fit to play but they just they, they can't accept it they're both so desperate that they're hoping that the next week I think will change something and, and I do get that emotionally and psychologically just, um, just, just a quick side note on, um, on that exhibition match that Serena played in before we move on to talk about the, um, the tennis results that have been happening uh, this week from, uh, from Brisbane Hos- Hotman Cup Shenzhen Yelena Osipenko played in that exhibition match then she got on a plane to Shenzhen her scheduled first tournament of the year now she lost um, pretty dismally 6-1 6-4 I think certainly straight sets to Christina Pliskova very good player but that's a really disappointing way to start her tour season and she said afterwards I only arrived yesterday I was really jet-lagged I didn't feel up to playing the match now that's okay as a one-off I'm sure she backs herself to still get the matches she needs to ahead of the Australian Open but it did just occur to me and I don't want to scaremonger here I love Yelena Ostapenko but she does just need to be a little bit careful doesn't she with managing this kind of thing because offers like that are going to come in exhibitions and all sorts of things there are going to be distractions for her because she's so great you know everything about her is great and and that I would be less I'd be more worried if this was something else that she'd kind of shoehorned into her schedule an exhibition against the great Serena Williams on yeah. her comeback day, I think, and breaking new ground as well in that particular event in that part of the world. I, I, I get that. Um, yeah, first I'd, women's match ever to be played um, at that event in Abu Dhabi. I agree. I don't blame her for accepting but you're right. that. I mean, there are huge temptations game. everywhere now. She's a massive name and it's come about suddenly. So, yeah, she's... She's going to have to keep her eye on the ball on what's most important to her going forward, no question. Uh, now, down in Brisbane, Joe Conta uh, has been making a very good start to the season. Tough draw for her to start things off against Madison Keys, US Open finalist. She came through that one in three sets and she looked very good indeed, didn't I, I was, she? I was quite encouraged on behalf of both of those players because Madison Keys has barely played since that US Open final because of of her various problems mainly the wrist of course that she's had such difficulties with and she played well she was hitting the ball incredibly hard looked a bit rusty Conta was back to that wall-like 
security of a, of a year ago, just not missing, just playing percentage tennis, aggressive percentage tennis, and it eventually got the job done from a set down. She won again today from a set down, played nowhere near as well against Ayla Tomljanovic in the first set. She was broken four times, but she got the win in the end. I just feel that those are massive wins for her because... She needed some good news. She needed some a clean slate after all those wobbles mentally and form-wise of late last year. So contour into the quarters now, most likely Alina Svitolina next. It's a good start to the year for her, no matter what from here. That's a tough quarterfinal, though. Contour Svitolina shows the depth of the field um, in Brisbane. Garbina Muguruza, though, is out, David. She retired, trailing 2-1 in the deciding set of her match against Alexandra Krunic with cramp. Yeah, fourth year in a row that Muguruza has either withdrawn or retired from a match in Brisbane, which is an alarming That is weird, isn't it? And they're all, they they seem completely unrelated things. They're all, I mean, they are completely unrelated things. It it does seem to genuinely be coincidence, but it is weird. Yeah, a year ago she'd played two or three really long, gruelling matches and then eventually just hit the wall I think this one she played two pretty gruelling sets and hit the wall it's difficult to know isn't it because there were chats she had with Sam Simic on the court Uh, cramp can be caused by so many different things whether it's stress whether it's lack of um, proper hydration before a match whether it's lack of fitness it's just so difficult it does make you wonder if maybe acclimatization to Australian conditions is is an issue for her because you know it is hot it's humid it's you know I I find that very challenging I know I'm not a professional athlete and it would perhaps surprise me if somebody Spanish and Venezuelan descent but you know that sort of thing can happen and I know there are lots of people um, sort of quite lazily saying well cramp has to be an indicator of lack of fitness it certainly can be I don't know where her fitness is actually looks fit that doesn't necessarily mean anything it looks can be deceiving I don't know what she was up to in her off season you know every single tennis player these days posts a picture on Instagram you know every few days of their off season training you know kettlebells in the background a TRX on one side a sort of a weight bench on the other a treadmill just in the back of shot and it makes you go oh my goodness they've just spent 14 hours in the gym that's amazing they're going to be in amazing shape next year and in actual fact that's just a split second of time isn't it but that's what social media gives you so, the impression of. So, it, it, I could it, pretend as well. It, we could all pretend. People are pretending Can every day on the internet, David. People Brilliant. are pretending. That's I'm going to stop being so that's honest. That's what's Catherine. happening on social media. I'm going to be a so, little yeah, look, less honest. It absolutely can be an indicator of lack of fitness or or poor nutrition or all those things you said, but we don't know we don't know but I think she'll we be alright we don't right. know but it was pretty dramatic I it mean she, she collapsed midpoint I mean there yeah. was absolutely no question of her carrying on um, and over in Perth David the even hotter climbs of Perth I mean I, I don't think I ever need to go near Perth because I think I would just spontaneously combust um, Belinda Benton there's a number of things I could pick out from what's going on in Perth but 48 year old Roger Federer is looking right. Belinda Bencic is looking all right too. Yeah, Belinda Bencic is on a 15-match winning yeah. streak or something She's like that. She's beaten Pavlyuchenkova, beat yeah. Naomi Osaka in her in her first match. Which she's I, looking I, awesome. I know she's at a very different stage of her career to Djokovic and Murray, and there's a heck of a lot fewer miles on the clock. But she was somebody who she missed basically a year and a half, really, of her career because of of injury and you do wonder you, I, I certainly started to wonder is this woman ever going to get back to the top yeah I wonder too 
unfortunately, her injuries appear to be behind her, and her class is such. What a player she She's is. She's playing top 10 tennis. I know yeah. it's in, in exhibition circumstances and before that in, uh, in ITF-level circumstances, but the level she is playing is top 10. And if she could continue that in the Australian Open, where she will be unseeded, that will be pretty exciting. Hey, Bencic Serena, first round. Has that already been drawn? Didn't they play first round a few years ago? <laughs> no, but ago? it could be. Benchit Sharapova first round. Sharapova Serena first round. All of these are possible. Brilliant. Um, back to Brisbane and the men's results. Not too many of note to pick out because um, the big seeds haven't started yet. But I did just want to mention Kyle Edmund getting a really gritty three-set win, 6-4 in the third after two tie-break sets over Denis Shapovalov. Now, I saw that draw come out. And uh, first of all, I was excited. But second of all, I thought, hang on a second, this is a tricky start to the year for Shapovalov because I thought Shapovalov was in his head a bit after what happened at Queen. So they had the, their match-up at the Davis Cup um, back in February of last year, which Edmund didn't end up winning um, by virtue of default. We all know what happened there. And then they played a couple of subsequent matches, one at Queen's, which Shapovalov won, and then one at the US Open, which Shapovalov won as well. And I, I don't know, I just... I think he was starting to see this kid up the other end of the court, this next-gen star when... Kyle was once the next-gen star, you know, not that long ago. He's hardly old bones, Kyle, but I don't know. I, I just felt like he was in his head. And to win from a set down, coming through the second set tie-break and then 6-4 in the third, I think I think that could be pretty big for I, Kyle I agree. Edmund. He, he is somebody who just keeps on coming, is Kyle Edmund. He will take his knocks. He's not a prodigy. He's not going to just have runs through draws the way that maybe Shapovalov is going to over the next few years but he keeps on punching the clock and and he'll get a little bit further every year as long as his body holds up and I think it's a great win for him great start to the year for Carl Edmund who's with Mark Hilton incidentally and Freddie Rosengren from uh, who, who used to coach uh, Magnus Norman so great combination I think of, of, of coaches there for him Absolutely. Now then, David, somebody else who will be making a start to the end, not until the Miami. You're looking at me like I'm bonkers. You're going to think I'm even more bonkers now. You probably thought... Are you? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's an announcement almost as ludicrous. (laughs) Okay. Who is it? Marion Bartoli. The one who retired in 2013 after winning Wimbledon. Yeah. Two tournaments later. The one who I've been talking to on Eurosport for the last couple of years. Crikey. Yeah. yeah, she has, hasn't she? She's decided she's going to make a comeback. She says, my goal is to come back in March. Uh, at in Miami, Miami, yeah. Uh, I presume Mi- she's been guaranteed a wild card there. Oh, well, you would uh, imagine but, so. Great story for them. Um, and she, I think her management agency runs that tournament. So that would that would make sense because do, do she's going to need wild cards. What it says, though, again, and look, first of all, I'd just like to say best of luck, Marion. Commentated with her. You've worked with her. Um, everybody knows her from watching her on the, t- on the t- TV playing tennis. She's had health issues over the last couple of years. She had a period in hospital. It was very upsetting to see. And I just wish her all the best, is, is first and foremost. Is a comeback a good idea? Well, it's up to her. Ultimately, it is up to her whether she wants to do this or not. And if it makes her happy, good luck to her. I'm pleased for her. What I would say, I think it... A, shows yet again how hard it is to give the sport up 
and it's again an example of of what Djokovic and Murray must be going through right now, just with just with the question marks in their head about if not if they'll get back to full fitness, but when and how hard that is to deal with that they can't play the sport that they love anymore. Marion retired two events after winning Wimbledon because she said, I have pain everywhere. And she was feeling so uncomfortable all the time because of the injuries, and she retired. She said she would never be back, and she's done all sorts of things over the last four years, and here she is back. So you can see how, how big a part playing tennis is in these people's lives. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I wish her well. I, I know her a bit like you do from, um, from, from broadcasting. She's a lovely lady. She's, she's, yeah, she's undoubtedly had some issues over the, over the past few years, most of which probably speak to the difficulties of, of retirement. She's, you know, she's, she's very busy and on the go. You know, she's, she did a, a course in jewellery design and she's done lots of broadcasting and she's run a marathon and... Uh, now she's coming back to tennis. You know, it, 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 it all—that's the theme of the podcast, isn't it? Today, I should have announced that at the start. The, the di- other thing is the how difficult it is. To, I, I, I don't know whether she's really ready for just how difficult this is going to be to to make a comeback that will impact at the level that she's used to. Put it that way. Yeah, on, honestly, when I saw that announcement, I. Um, well, I was surprised. I'm worried for her. I'm worried for her. So long as, but then so long as her expectations are where they should be, then, Thomas Mustard then, then did it. Remember okay. when Thomas, Thomas Mustard did it did and he it. didn't win a match, right? Yeah. But he enjoyed it. He, he didn't, travelled he, around. It wasn't about that, though, was it? It was about having a goal. He and, got fit. He travelled around. Yeah. He, he, he lived out of his car almost. Thomas Mustard is a very particular type of human being, though. I would almost hazard to say a one-off. Possibly, quite possibly. But anyway, I don't know. wish I, her well. Yeah, wish her well. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. 
Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Now, David, unfortunately, once again, I left the agenda in the hands of you. Awesome. up next, I've got my big 2018 tennis prediction. Oh, excellent. Because it seems to suggest I should have one. Of and course, I, very, I very, very soon, uh, our intrepid entrance into the predictions challenge uh, on the tennis podcast uh, on our Kickstarter campaign, which you can still enter if you would like to join us and take on Catherine and me and student Matt and Rosie the dog and Wayne Ferreira and everybody else that's already entered. You can still do that. Soon enough, we'll be, we'll be listing who we think is going to finish world number one, which is going to be an absolute nightmare, uh, who's going to win the Fed Cup and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and then we'll do our uh, predictions for each one of the Grand Slam tournaments as they come along once the draws are made. But, but yes, I asked for my big 2018 tennis prediction from our listeners at Tennis Podcast. We had all sorts of replies. Jordan Holt says uh, Zverev to have a sophomore slump. Wozniacki to return to number one in the world. Nick Whitaker, not related, uh, says that better be good, Nick. Edmund and Watson will both win a tour title and make the second week of two Grand Slams. How about that? Yeah, Gaston I'm, I'm says, happy to have the Whitaker name okay. to that. Gaston says Halep will win a slam. Uh, and he's put about another eight predictions Is as well. Is that a big prediction? Including Dimitrov will win the US Open in capital Okay, letters. that's quite big. I'll tell you. I, I, I ran a pole vault on Dimitrov as well. Do you want to hear that? Go for it, David. Excellent. She didn't say no. I'm going to do this. Uh, so I asked, whether, <laughs> I asked whether Dimitrov will A, win a slam, B, lose in a slam final, C, not reach a slam final in 2018. What, this year or ever? This year. 925 votes. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't put that one. Uh, <laughs> I should have done. Uh, 22% think you'll win a slam. 38% think you'll lose in a slam final. So that makes... Yeah, I think you might lose in a slam final. That makes a one. mighty 60% of, of our people thinking that he will at least reach a slam final. Uh, and 40% think well, he won't make think? one. I think he will. Will will what? Will reach a slam final. But win one? No. There you go. Cracky. I hadn't really thought that through before I asked it. <laughs> so, yeah, what's your 2018 tennis podcast I, prediction? I haven't done it. We have um, uh, two weeks before we have to get our predictions in. Yes, 14th. So I'm going to enjoy every single day. 14th of, those of January two weeks. is when the, uh, There's when too the much Kickstarter closes. I'm not making any predictions at the moment. And if you do want to so just. So, you're not going to predict, be predicting either Murray or Djokovic to win the Australian Open, though? No. I'll tell you no, that. It's not looking too good. Let's just see if there are any other belters. And Nick also says, by the way, Bartley will win Wimbledon. Don't think so. Uh, Sam Rippon says... Was that Nick Whitaker? Yeah. Sam Rippon says Roger Federer will play the French Open and win it. I think Dominic Thiem is going to win the French Open. I don't think Federer is playing the French Open. Don't you? No. I think think you might be right about Dominic Thiem. Stephen Jones Um, says Ostapenko will be world number one. Will... Marion Bartley get a Wimbledon wildcard as a former champion? She yeah, she will, definitely. She will. I would think so. What if yeah. she's been playing since Miami and hasn't won a match? I think they'll give her a wildcard. Regardless, regardless of how she's playing. She is a former champion. She's made a comeback. Regardless, she, David, of how she's playing. I, I don't know. Because, because also, <laughs> right, did, did they not not give her a, 
an entrance into that um, veterans tournament. Well, she was entered and then she was withdrawn yeah. from okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think as long as yeah, as long yeah, she'd have to play a respectable level. She would. You're right. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Any, anything right. else? The, 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 now is your time. Speak up now if you've got anything else social media related, David. Oh, going once, going I, twice. I've also got Zverev pole vault as well. Now that you've just you know asked me for it. Um, which is uh, the same sort of questions uh, about him. Will, we, will he win a slam, lose in a slam final, or not reach a slam final? Nice and interesting one to compare him to Dimitrov. More people think that Dimitrov will reach a final of a slam than Zverev. What do you think? People are losing faith a bit in Zverev, aren't they? I know I think Zverev probably will reach a slam final this in year. 2018. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it, probably, if I had to pick one of those options, which... Which you do. the very nature of pole vault, um, then I would say slam final. Excellent. Okay. Uh, you, you, you're not picking them. I think Zverev will also reach a slam final this year. I think they both will. Win one? Maybe against each other. Yeah. I think this is the so year. So that means one of them would this win This is it. the year, Catherine, because I don't see... <laughs> I feel like we've said this is the year before. No, but this is different. <laughs> This right. is different. Roger Federer is now... I mean, you know, isn't it bizarre? Roger Federer is... Have you done a pole vault on whether Serena's playing Australia? I did one of those ages ago, but I don't oh, know no. where it ages is. Ages ago doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. Useless, uh, those pole vaults. <laughs> Useless. Um, we've got one more thing on the agenda, David. We've got Carsten Brash, 20 years on. Now, I assume this is a reference to the back-to-back matches he played against the Williams sisters, or back-to-back sets, I think it was, yes. at the Australian Open... Uh, 20 years ago. I, it was just coming off the back of our podcast reviewing Battle of the Sexes and and I remembered this story from 20 years ago, 1998 and it reminded me that three years after that when I was at a tournament in Mallorca and I was at the ATP as a communications manager, I, I saw on the entry list that Carsten Brash was playing and I decided to interview him at the time about the fact that he'd played the Williams sisters and find out how that happens, you know, etc. And he told me all about it, that, you know, he was hamming it up and he was talking about how they came into the, he saw them in the, the tour manager's office and they were, they were looking at the men's ATP guide and saying, oh, you know, I wonder, does it, wonder, I reckon I could beat him. And he was saying, oh, you know, well, if you think you can beat him, I'm ranked lower than him, I'll play against you, etc. That's how it ended up happening. And I was thinking, you know, how my attitudes to that have changed over the last 20 years because back then I thought that was really funny and I thought it was really great that he beat them and I'm quite ashamed of that now to be honest and particularly in um, reflection of of the show that we had a week ago uh, on on Battle of the Sexes and and how you know it's 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 the answer to a, a question that shouldn't be a question and yeah, I, I, I feel like I've grown a little since that period. I'd be very interested to know what the Williams sisters think about that episode yeah. in, their, in, their, like, in light of Serena's response to John McEnroe's comments um, a few months ago about where she would sit in the men's rankings. You know, because as I said during the um, Battle of the Sexes podcast, that, that whole forum of debate bothers me it's just it's just a non-question and um trying to find an answer to a question that doesn't exist just completely misses the point but by engaging in that match and by all accounts as you say it was the it was serena that was sort of seeking it out and goading 
um, the situation, that does play into the hands of those that that, that want to to have that. Com- in my view, completely redundant. I think it debate. shows so, how she's grown. Well, exactly. She was sixteen. Exactly. But I'd kid. be very interested to hear her actually yeah. reflect on that. I, I doubt we will hear that. There's there's other things for Serena to be talking about. But um, let's just say I hope to see her a picture of her holding a koala sometime soon. Did you know we're going to include the uh, results? Of- actually, no. Hang on. You're not allowed to hold a koala in vi- the state of Victoria, aren't you? You can hold a koala in in, in Queensland. You can only touch one in Victoria. Right, I'll remember that when I'm there. Um, well, it's important if you take your kids to Australia, David, in high hopes that they'll be able to cuddle a koala. Go somewhere else. Um, yeah. yeah, Lone Pine Koala Sanctuary, I right. recommend. Okay, I'll go near there Brisbane. Then. Yeah. Um, you do realise that the result of our match is now also in the season-long predictions for ah, our tennis well, podcast. Well, you know how I said challenge. earlier how nothing is ever as inevitable as it seems in tennis. I think that might be the one exception. You're that confident? I'm pretty confident, yeah. Okay, right. Well, that's fighting talk. We have been the tennis podcast, the first tennis podcast of 2018. We've been brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport and with Triple S and Melanie Bowes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.